Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Wisdom Awakening. I'm your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Great to be with you again today. Uh, we're going to have a, a somewhat shortened program today because I have a responsibility that I have to fulfill today to uh, somebody that I'm going to be speaking for down in Mississippi. I've got to be on a program to help promote that effort. Uh, that's coming up on, let me see if I can find that for you here real quickly. Let's see, that's coming up um, on September the 5th, 16th. I think I'm speaking on the 16th, yes. Speaking on the 16th in Mississippi um, at, let's see, I'm going to be speaking at, uh, um, I guess I'm speaking at, I think it's, well, it's the Unite Mississippi Luncheon. Let's put it that way. Okay, it's the Unite Mississippi Luncheon. I'm going to be speaking at the Mississippi Museum of Agriculture uh, at the Sparkman Auditorium on September the 16th at uh, approximately 12 noontime. Yes, Thursday, September 16th at approximately 12 noon. So I've got to do some promotional things with, with them. And I've got to be on with them shortly after 9 o'clock. So today's program is going to be somewhat shortened so that I can fulfill that responsibility. That's when they need me, so that's when I've got to do it. Um, but look, there's still, as always, plenty in the news to talk about. I, I didn't get to the word at all yesterday. I want to do that today. Uh, I, I really do want to pause and commend uh, our Richmond outreach, Todd Phillips and his family, um, they are doing a tremendous job, and I understand last week they had a full house of people there in Richmond. I'm going to be getting back to do something for you live in Richmond for those of you who are attending that. I just encourage you, keep, keep going. I, I Believe me, I'm aware, and uh, I'm going to be following up. I'm on the road a lot. i got to travel again this week, and um, I'll be in Colorado at the end of this week and speaking at the Andrew Womack uh, Truth and Liberty Conference on Saturday. And then uh, two weeks later, I'm going to be down in Mississippi for several days. And then uh, I think a week after that, yeah, a week after that, actually, about a week after that, I'll be in Dallas, Texas, uh, speaking at several events there. So I'm on the road quite a bit. But when I'm back home, I'm going to make it a point to get to our Richmond outreach, which is really doing very, very well. Okay. The only thing I would mention before I jump right into the word here, I'm going to do this early this time and get right into the word. It's going to be unusual. You know, folks, this whole COVID-19 situation just continues to unravel before our very eyes. And I, you all have heard me say, I don't trust experts, not that they're bad people, not that they're inherently evil, but I don't believe that as a child of God, I should surrender my own judgment to so-called experts. That doesn't mean I don't weigh what they have to say. That doesn't mean I don't look at the data, look at the evidence, look at the information. Doesn't mean I'm oblivious to, to what facts and information are available. It simply means I don't see those as absolute truth. I trust God, not science. I trust God, not experts. I trust God, not doctors. Okay? And as we can see, remember when, when uh, Anthony Fauci was viewed as Moses coming down from Mount Sinai with the manna from heaven and everybody was supposed to just bow at his feet and obey everything he said because after all, 
He is the expert. And now we're finding out that, yeah, he's not only an expert, uh, I guess, in, in um, allergies and infectious diseases. I think that's what he runs for the Department of, of uh, uh, for the National Institutes of Health. He runs the Department of, of uh, Infectious Allergies and Infectious Diseases. But he's a liar. The man's an inveterate liar. They've lied to us. He, the Biden administration, uh, CDC, the World Health Organization, as far as I'm concerned, they're all in it together. They've lied to us. We as Americans with common sense knew that this virus came from the Wuhan laboratory. Now, we, we knew that from the very early stage of this. Because I always said, it is quite a coincidence if this virus came from a bat at a wet market 300 yards from where they have a biotechnical laboratory and they're doing experiments on virology and on viruses and on gain of function, how to make the viruses more transmissible and more deadly. It'd be an interesting coincidence if it just so happened that a bat was in the neighborhood with the coronavirus. Had nothing to do with the laboratory. Well, come on. That strains credulity at best. And at worst, if you really believe that willy-nilly, I got a great big old bridge in Brooklyn, I'll sell you cheap. I mean, come on. Everybody, I think every American with common sense knew that that was not to be believed. And Fauci pointed his finger at Senator Rand Paul and called him a liar for pointing out that American taxpayer dollars were used for this gain-of-function research in the Wuhan laboratory. And I'll never forget one of the responses I've heard from, uh, from Fauci, which just just disgusted me to the nth degree. Oh, these are reputable scientists. It reminded me of Joe Biden. These are good people. They're communists. They're godless communists. Unless maybe he's one himself, so he doesn't mind, you know, being some, I mean, he's, he's simpatico with them. Maybe he's a comrade or something. I don't know. But they have no morals. They have no ethics. They, they do not answer to God or to anyone else. They answer to their God, Xi, Xi Jinping. That's it. And to tell me, oh, they're reputable scientists. I mean, I mean that's, that's like telling me Jesse James was a rep, reputable bank robber. I trust Jesse James before I trust them. So uh, we, we need a Congress that is going to get to the bottom of this mess. Tell you the truth, folks, we got a whole lot of messes to get to the bottom of, which I think is going to, is going to stagnate our progress as a nation until we resolve some of these outstanding issues. And we've got to resolve the issue for the American people's sake. What happened here? And to what extent were we complicit in it? You know, you've heard me say many times, and I know I said I'm going to get right to the word, but here we go. You've heard me say many times, I really have this sense that they hate us. They meaning these leftists, these Democrats, they really hate the American people. That would be consistent, of course, with communism and socialism because Marx hated people. He thought the individual was worthless. His vision was a, was, was a class vision that he saw people as simply a, a glob, a group, a mass. 
And that's the way they view us, as the masses. They don't, they don't look at us as individuals, as the sacred creation of Almighty God, worthy of life, of dignity. We're just cogs in a wheel. So if 600,000 Americans die from the Wuhan virus, what's the big deal? What, what are we making such a big deal of that for? As Mao, I think it was Mao, it's attributed to Mao famously, she said, if you want to make an omelet, you got to break some eggs. And there's almost an antipathy. Anything that seems to hurt us is what they do. Ivermectin might help. Hydroxychloroquine might help with the virus. No, no, you can't have that. You can't have that. No, 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 no. No, why not? Well, it's dangerous. We're not going to let you have that. Well, but perhaps a lot of people could live who instead die. Oh, too bad. Too bad. No, no, that's, that's, that's verboten. And now we're finding out the virus, is, as they put it, quote unquote, is losing its effectiveness. It's diminishing in effectiveness. People who've had uh, the, vi the, 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 I'm, uh, the virus, I'm about to say the vaccine, so-called vaccine, the shot is diminishing in its effectiveness. And that some, some theorize that this so-called variant or these variants are really not they're, not, they're not proof that the virus is mutating. They're proof that the vaccine is simply not effective. I've heard some very reputable scientists say that. That's what that's, it's, it's more proof of that. Because the antibodies that the immune system produces, as far as we can tell, we don't see people getting sick from the virus again when they've had it already. But we, we're now hearing often about people having breakthrough infections. You know, we're going to have to get to the bottom of that. We're going to have to get to the bottom of the 20, 2020 election. You know, I, I've, I've always said, I don't know that if the election had been handled honestly, that Donald Trump would have won. I can't say that. I believe that, but I can't say that conclusively because nobody will let us get at the information. I suspect that, but nobody will let us get at the information. We need a complete audit of that election. And I don't know how we move forward as a nation until we, we resolve some of these issues. We need to find out how, how in the world do we end up leaving Americans behind in Afghanistan? How does that, how does that happen? Or is that just another indication of, so what if a few Americans die? No big deal. So what if more Americans die of COVID because we won't allow them to use the prophylactics and the other the drugs that are, are, are proved, according to some doctors, to be effective in treatment? Ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, uh, and, and, and some other things, um, zinc, and so forth. Some of these things in combination. How, how do you allow illegal immigrants to cross the border with COVID and then st send them all over the country if you're really concerned about Americans dying from COVID? Oh, well, apparently you're really not. We, we, we are being fed a lot of lies, folks, a lot of lies. And 
it, it's got to stop. We've got to get to the bottom of this, and we've got to, you know, this this what what our country and what the left is doing. You know, it's starting to remind me of. It's starting to remind me of some of the nations of South America, like Colombia and Mexico, taken over by drug lords. It, it's it's starting to remind me of that. The the total now, of course, thank God, not the violence, not the murder of people willy nilly. But but just the 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 the, the cor level of corruption, treating the American people like we just don't matter, and really subverting the constitutional principle that sovereignty is in the hands of the American people, as individuals and as a nation, we delegate that the authority of our sovereignty we delegate it to the government to serve us, not to lord over us, not to give us orders, but to, we, we delegate it to the government to serve us, and therefore it is the American people who are the boss and the government is our servant, not the other way around. And the left's got this completely twisted. They think they are our bosses and that we obey them. It doesn't work that way. It does not work that way. Our, our government is based on the principle that we are governed with the consent of the government. Governed. They don't have our consent for the, some of this mess they're doing. You can see that in the polls. Even I mean, Joe Biden just got elected less than a year ago. You can see the polls. The polls are just cratered because people just see how crazy they are now and see how disdainful they are of the American people, our lives, our well-being, our, our children, our military, our people. They just see them as just basically just telling the American people, just go take a flying leap in the lake. We don't care about you. You don't matter. Unless we're exercising power over you and controlling you and you are complying, then we're happy, we're satisfied. As long as you're doing that, no problem. But you start questioning, oh, 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 no, no, they take them off social media, fire them from their job, destroy their business. We can't have people questioning the system. It is a disturbing situation. I never thought I'd be at the point where I see, I would see our country in the condition that it's in. We are, the left is trying to pull us toward becoming a kind of third world banana republic. When the president of the United States says, oh, I, I know I can't, constitutionally can't do this, but I'm gonna do it anyway. By the time the courts get a hold of it, I'll, it'll, it'll be too late. That's lawless. After you took an oath to, to uphold and to preserve and protect and defend the Constitution of the United States and to execute, faithfully execute the laws of the land, you then tell us to our face, you don't care about that. You just do it. And then, you know, if the Supreme Court later on finds it's unconstitutional, which we all knew it would be, talking about the addiction thing, then fine. Uh, okay. Yeah. But I'll, I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. Right. Never see anything like this. It's, it's just complete lawlessness. Okay. All right. Well, I still took more time with that than I expected to. Let's go to Philippians. Okay. Finishing up chapter 1, beginning at verse 27, it says, uh, and, you know, I said this, these are pastoral epistles. Paul is talking to the Philippian church as a pastor. And he says, only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. You know what I forgot to I'm do? I'm not sure I understand. 
Oh, be quiet. You know what that is, folks? You know what that is? That was Siri. They're listening. <laughs> Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. Paul is saying in my absence, just be faithful to the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, we could apply that to Jesus. Jesus is absent from us in body right now. He is coming back again, by the way. But in his absence, let's have one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. Saints, if the church of God, if the body of Christ would do that, we wouldn't have all these problems in our country. We have all these problems in our country. We have cultural degeneration, moral degeneration, economic degeneration. We have political corruption because the body of Christ has abdicated its responsibility to be salt and light in every dimension of life. It says, with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. And instead, you got black Christians over here that we're Democrats. We support homosexuality, abortion, all of it. Well, that's, you know, that's because really, they're going to do something for us. You got so-called white Republicans over here, uh, white uh, Christians over here. We're Republicans because the Republican Party, you know, at least they're closer to our values, and they are. That's why I'm a Republican. But see, the body of Christ should be first and foremost together in unity on principle, not party, principle, not race, righteousness. And if we did that, our country would just have to, this whole homosexual lobby thing, that thing would be completely destroyed. That, that thing would be completely undermined. But it's because of the division in the body of Christ and our failure to adhere to the word of God that the left can step in and slice us and dice us and take advantage of us and just do whatever they want to do. And, 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 the, and the few Christians who are willing to stand up often feel like we're alone, which is why I tell you, pastors out there, if you're, you, you're standing up, you're looking for fellowship, support, mentorship, you're looking for a covering, get in touch with me. I want to be that for you. I want to help you. I know what it is. I know what it's like to stand alone. And you shouldn't have to because I'm with you and there, there, there are many others. I got a whole team of ministers who agree with us. We're standing together. Young people out there, if you feel abandoned or you feel alone or you feel like, well, I'm pro-life, but all my friends ridicule me for it. We're, we, we've assembled youth taking a stand. We're putting that together so you don't have to feel alone. Because we're not supposed to be alone. We're supposed to be with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. It says, and not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation and that from God. In other words, don't be afraid of the nincompoops that want to try to intimidate you and, and scare you and threaten you. Don't be afraid of that. The Bible says, not in any way terrified by your adversaries. Not, don't be terrified of them. Said, which is to them proof of perdition. In other words, the fact that you are not afraid of them should show them that they are hell bound and you know you aren't. See, to them is proof of perdition. 
It ought to, it ought to show them, see, they're afraid of what might happen to them in life. I, you, you and I are not supposed to be afraid of anything. We are the children of El Elyon, the children of the Most High God. We are the Most High children. We are the congregation of the mighty. And we just don't know it. That's why we're impotent. That's why, we, but that's, that's why the body of Christ is not effective. I know I've campaigned, talked to Christians, and I'm amazed at the number of Christians. Oh, no, I don't get involved with that. I don't know what it's going to take for them to begin to get involved. Many are waking up now. But those who haven't, it's time to wake them up. It's time for a wake-up slap. Not physically, you understand. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's, time, it's time to... Yeah, it's, it's time to get up out of your lethargy and stand together. Sit not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them proof of perdition, but to you of salvation and that from God. See, I'm not, I'm not afraid because I'm saved. You know, I've said we are on our way to heaven. The rest is gravy. And I know that there is nothing too hard for my God. I know that there's no mountain that stands in front of me that I can't point to and say in the name of Jesus, get out of my way. And it won't move. I've talked to you about this before, but now you know you, you, it's got to be rooted and grounded in the promises of God. You, can't, you cannot allow the circumstances of life to intimidate you into backing down, backing off, being afraid, or thinking that things are not going to work out for you. Because look, the Bible says, uh, hold on here. The Bible says he has given us great, exceedingly great, and precious promises. 2 Peter 1, 4. 2 Peter, I always forget what it is. 1 Peter, 1st and 2nd Peter. 2nd Peter chapter 1, verse 4. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who's called us by glory and virtue. See, without the knowledge, you don't know that. Without the knowledge, you don't know that he's given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. But he has. You're not a loser. You're a winner. You're not the head. You're, you're not the tail. You're the head. You're not below. You're above. You're not beneath. You're above. You're not the defeated. You're the victor. You're not the conquered. You're the conqueror. More than a conqueror. It says, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. See, we've escaped all this mess, folks. We've, the Bible says in, in uh, 2 Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there's no temptation which has befallen you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful with the temptation. He will make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Bishop, but you don't know where I, what, what I'm going through right now. I, I know God is going to bring you out of it if you're trusting to do it. 
I do know that. I know that God is going to bring you out of it if you'll trust him. Look, don't think for a moment that I have not had my share of trouble. Some of it brought upon me by the misdeeds of others. Some of it I'm confronted with by the vagaries and vicissitudes of life. We live in a fallen world. The Bible says there's no temptation which has come upon you or befallen you. Some things just fall on us. And some of my own making. Yeah, that's right. Some just because I just made trouble for myself just by doing something dumb. But you know what? God's been faithful every step of the way. Whether someone has done something to you or some circumstance has befallen you or you've done something dumb yourself. God's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. What you've got to do is just come Come back to the word of God and hold fast to it and don't let go. You know, he doesn't stop loving you because you messed up. He doesn't look at your circumstances and think, well, that's too hard for me and walk away. He loves you with an unfathomable, unchanging love. He's for you no matter what. No, he may not always be pleased with the things that we might do or say, but he never stops loving us and he never stops providing for us. It says, for to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. See, standing on the word of God, you know, people think getting sick and getting in an automobile accident and all this stuff, that that's suffering for Jesus and Jesus put it on you and all that. No, 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 no. Paul is in prison when he says this. And what he's saying here is God is, is for me and I am victorious even though I know I have to suffer for his sake. You know, if you've never endured any suffering for the sake of Jesus Christ, you ain't doing it right. If you've never had any hardship, never had anybody offended, never had anything done to you because you wouldn't compromise for the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're not doing it right. I told you all, and I, I've got ready, I got to get ready to go here, and I want to finish up this chapter. I'm almost there. I told you I was, I was fired from a job as fire chaplain in Boston because I wouldn't lie about my address. They said, if you just find an address in Boston and put that down, when I was hired, I was hired based on the honest report that I gave, and, and there was no problem. But then Mayor Menino, who since died, um, came in, and he said, I'm not, nobody who does not live in the city of Boston can work for the city of Boston. I was chaplain for the city of Boston. And I had friends said, just get a, get a buddy's address. Just. I said, no, I'm not doing that. What's the difference? Nobody cares. It's a, just play the game. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to just dishonor God and lie. I'm, I'm a chaplain, and I'm going to lie to try to keep the job. No, I'm not doing that. I said, if God wants me to keep this job as chaplain, 
he will have a change of policy. Something will work out. And if it doesn't, then that means it's time for me to go. God has something else for me to do. And he did. I didn't know it then, but he did. Shortly thereafter, I started traveling around the country speaking for the Christian Coalition as kind of a preacher in residence. That was my job, to motivate the troops and get them going. God has something else for me. But I wasn't going to lie to try to keep what I had. So, yeah, I lost that job, lost that income. I could have lied and kept it. What would have been the result? Dishonoring God for what? Uh, 30 pieces of silver. I'm going to dishonor Jesus. No, thank you. So if you've never had to uh, lost anything, suffered anything, had anybody mad with you, not, uh, check yourself. Because the Bible says in this world, you're going to have some persecution. You're going to have some tribulation. That just comes with the territory. And particularly in this world of hostility against Christianity, even more so. Let me finish up because I've got to go. It says, having the same conflict which you saw in me and now here in me. And that word conflict doesn't mean like Paul is, is ripped up between, well, should I do this or should I not? He's saying that the, that the conflict that my faithfulness to the gospel produces, it's going to produce in you too if you follow me as I follow Christ. And I think here again, part of the reason why we're in the mess we're in in our country is that Christians don't want to be inconvenienced by standing up for Jesus. But you know what? Christianity was birthed in blood and you have not been asked to shed your blood, but you have been asked to be faithful and to stand up and to be a true witness to who he is. And I know you watching me are probably already doing that. Spread the word because there are Christians out there who aren't. We know that. There are Christians who think they're so faithful to God and point the finger, oh, he's too political. Country's going to hell in a handbasket. I'm too political. I mean, give me a break. Listen, God bless you all. I've got to go. I'm a little early today. Um, I hope you'll miss me over the next 15 minutes <laughs> because, because I usually go for another 15 minutes. Can't do that today. God bless you. I'll be back again at 1 p.m. Eastern time on American Family Radio. In the meantime, remember, we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's side.